Hey, it's Dr. Sarah and Alicia here, and you are listening to the Pregnancy for Professionals podcast. Our goal is to bring forward evidence-based information from all disciplines, supporting pregnant people through their journey to becoming new parents. From physicians to midwives, nurses to physiotherapists, and everyone in between. Make sure to fill out the quick survey in the show notes to let us know which topics you are interested in learning about and to make sure we are serving you, our maternity care provider community, well. Don't forget, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Please consult with your team and your community for individual medical decisions that need to be made. Check us out on Instagram at pregnancy for professionals to find informative and educational posts for both you and that you can use for your patients. Good morning, Jen. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I thought we could just start by you giving us a little bit of an introduction about who you are and why you feel yeah. called to share your birth story. Yeah, I'm called is a called is a great word. As we said, we connected a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit actually surprised that I'm I reached out to you because I'm a private person, but I just kept feeling this like call, like you said, to come and share and. Yeah, I was thinking, you know what, if there's one family that listens and takes away something that maybe resonates with them, or even maybe one like maternity care provider that listens and is, I never thought about it that way, then I'm like, okay, it was worth it. So I'm a amazing. Bit nervous, but, uh, amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm glad you reached out. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Jen. I'm 32. I live in Vernon, British Columbia. We, our family skis and bikes a lot. That's why we love Vernon so much. There's tons of mountain biking. I have a husband. His name is Garrett. He's a nurse too, actually. Uh, he yeah he's originally worked in emerge right now he's working in urgent care and he's actually doing his master's of nurse practitioner program right now so amazing we're um yeah busy family and we have two little ones so sam is almost three and phoebe is our daughter and she's uh, six months amazing yeah Yeah. and i'm a nurse i'm not sure if i mentioned that i'm a a labor delivery nurse okay amazing so you've got experience on both sides as a provider and as a patient Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your first, your oldest, your first pregnancy and birth and start the story wherever you feel like it's good for us to hear. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a like self-proclaimed birth nerd. I, I just love all things birth and pregnancy as I think you do too. <laughs> My mom actually was a labor and delivery nurse and we actually got to work together on the same unit for a couple of years before she retired. Amazing. Super special. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that comes up a little bit later, but I've just always been obsessed with birth, asking her everything about her day and watching like that show on TLC called The Baby Story when I was like way too young probably to be watching it. But yeah, so we, my husband and I were married in 2018 and we traveled a little bit in March of 2020 as when we decided to go ahead and try for our first. I know it's not... Yeah, right. I know. (laughs) We do it or do we wait? Who knows? So you never know. Yeah. Totally. So I just go for it. And I know I want to be really sensitive. It's not everyone's experience. Um, but uh, we were really fortunate that we were able to conceive um, really quickly on our first try. So, um, yeah, so became pregnant uh, and due date was basically New Year's. So January 2nd. Um, yeah, so we, um, I, I don't, I honestly just, I knew I was pregnant I just knew I was pregnant from the get-go. I just felt different. I felt like kind of crampy, I would say. And I got one of those. I felt so confident that I bought just the fancy test. You're like, I one just of need them. one. Yeah. Yeah. And I waited. I'm like, what does it say? Six days before you're Miss Kate? I'll wait till that day. And 
I decided to take it that day. And I don't know, my poor husband, he got off the night shift that morning and it was like 1030 in the morning. And I took it anyways, knowing that it was probably going to be positive and I was probably going to go wake him up. And I did. And yeah, it was, we were just over the moon. It's still, I was, I felt confident, but I was still shocked. Oh yeah. Time to get that positive. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. 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 And pregnancy was pretty uneventful for the first half. I'd say we, I definitely around nine weeks got pretty sick and was on diclectin. I was vomiting. Mm. There's one particular day I remember at work, I hadn't really shared with anyone I was pregnant. And this like poor, this poor mama had one of those labors where she was like vomiting after every contraction. Oh yeah. Her whole labor. And I was sick and I had a student and I had to leave the room so many times. I was like, okay, you got this. You're on your own. I'm just going to be just going to go puke and rally. Just going to eat my crackers in the dirty service room or whatever. (laughs) But the diclectin helped a little bit and my coworkers were all super supportive. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of COVID related anxiety. We just didn't know much. I would say, yeah, and not even, I wasn't scared for the pregnancy, but my husband working in a merge, I was just nervous for him. And I was, it was definitely a lot of anxiety in the beginning, just about his safety. Yeah, it was a scary time, especially for healthcare providers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And our 20 week scan was normal. I did have a marginal cord insertion, but nothing too concerning. We decided not to find out the gender. We took prenatal classes. Even though I work in the area, I just, I see so much value in it. So we had a ton of fun on Zoom doing that together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My husband and I. Yeah. And it just was pretty normal until it took a little bit of a turn. I was working a day shift. It was a pretty busy day shift just a couple weeks before Halloween. I was around 29 weeks. And after work, my husband actually went for his last camping and biking trip of the year. So he was like two hours away with a friend. And I came home. It was about 930 at night. And I was sitting just eating like way too much Halloween candy. And I felt a gush. Mm. And you're like, I'm sure that wasn't anything. And waited and called my mom. And she gave me like the the classic nurse line. Well, if you're concerned enough to call me. Yeah. You know, which is great advice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Totally. She knew and I knew I was just asking for permission. Right. So yeah. I went in around 11 just to get checked out. I wasn't too crampy or anything. And what they did all of the, all the tests that we do. And it was a little bit of a question mark. There was a bit of the ferning on the slide. Mm-hmm. The nitrazine test was like maybe a bit positive, but we know it's not the gold standard. And there wasn't any like tooling of amniotic fluid, no continued leaking. And I definitely wasn't in labor, but my mom had three preemies and it was just like enough question marks that they, we all just decided as a team to be super conservative, which I was, well, I was definitely, yeah, on board with. I actually got admitted. I was there for about 48 hours. They did give me antibiotics IV, sent me home on oral antibiotics. And I got an ultrasound while I was there. And everything looked good. Fluid looked good. Babe looked good. The only concerning thing was there was a little bit of my membranes were just bulging into the cervix. The cervix was closed. But so with that and just everything else, we did decide to go ahead with steroid injections yes. just in case. And there was just a lot of what ifs. Like we couldn't really say much else. And then the only thing that else came up was babe was breach on ultrasound. Frank breach. Our um, silly baby. Yeah. And I was like, okay, 28 weeks and my like, like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And she was like, did you know that? I'm like, no, but okay. Yeah. Good to know. And yeah, long story short, if it was a leak, it sealed itself. I continued to have a totally healthy pregnancy. I was off work, but I had a ton of ultrasounds and NSTs just really keeping a close eye on everything. And yeah, everything was normal, except that baby would not turn. So every time I go back and he was breached, we didn't know it was a he, but he would breach. And yeah, usually footling breach. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like a lot of moments, I went to the internet and talked to my providers and I did all of the evidence-based and non-evidence-based things. Spinning babies. I did get acupuncture. And and sure. Yeah. Moxibustion. Moxibustion. Yeah. Uh, just to try and do everything I could. And yeah, you didn't want to turn. So we got to 36 weeks in a couple of days. Now that the pregnancy itself was totally healthy, it was okay if we wanted to go ahead with the ACV. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard decision. Like we did talk about vaginal breach birth. It wasn't 100% off the table. I was actually born breach. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I was the third baby though. I have two older brothers. It wasn't completely off the table. I was definitely, I have a lot of confidence in my body, but he was footling breach. So he wasn't the right kind of breach anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we did decide to go ahead with that ECV. We went in, they got me all settled. My coworkers were so special. So this was all happening on my home unit with my friends. The morning we went in, they had decorated the walls of the triage room and with all these like cartoons of turn baby turned and just, they were all just rooting for us. Yeah, and the OB who was was there for us throughout the whole pregnancy, she was incredible. And she, she tried so hard. We tried for, everyone's practice is about, it's different, but we tried for about, she would try for five minutes. We'd have a good listen. Babe was good. She's like, Kate, let's give it another go if you're up for it. Try it again to turn. And she did that four times. So about 20 minutes. She oh was, gosh. yeah, she was sweating. Oh my gosh. I okay, would... just, I'm just going to interrupt for a minute. So for those listening, an ECB stands for external cephalic version, and it is basically maternal torture. You're just pushing, the provider's pushing so hard to try and turn the baby. It's totally safe for the baby. But I have, I started my career in OBGYN and I have supported and done or attempted some versions. And you put so much weight into that. I cannot imagine. I feel for your provider, but what you experienced doing that four times. It was intense. Yeah, I was so motivated. I was so motivated and I wanted it so bad. And I'm pretty tall. I have a long torso. So I was just really hopeful with obviously like within like safety. But yeah, it's intense. I definitely... got in the zone, could do the deep breathing, really trying to relax during it. But it was definitely one of the most, one of the most painful things I've ever experienced, I would say. I know in some, I think in the States, they offer some analgesia and even some uterine relaxant medication, don't they? But we don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. Well, sometimes I'm like, I wonder if it would be more effective if you literally had a spinal, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyhow. Yes. He didn't want to go. Oh my gosh. Little bugger. He didn't want to go. And I was crushed. Yeah, yeah, I was crushed. And the team knew I was. He was healthy, but they, they gave us their space. I had a really good cry and my husband was so supportive and amazing. And yeah, and so we knew our last option was a booked cesarean. So our provider came back and said, after giving us lots of loves and, and she she was, I see, she was sad too for us. It's not what I wanted. And yeah, so she actually, again, gave us like a little bit of a, when do you want his birthday to be a couple of kind of days option, which sounds pretty cool, but it's actually a really hard decision. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's really hard. And then for us, we just decided to go for that earlier date because I said, you know what, there's been so many what ifs with this pregnancy. The last thing I want, if I can control it at all, is to show up at 3 a.m. with my water broken yeah. and have yeah. to go to the OR. and In an emergency you know. with a foot hanging out of your cervix. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if I was actually going to go into labor and my water was going to break with all that pressure from the ECV, especially yeah. if I had a little bit of a leak. Like we had that conversation, but man, those bags of fluid are right. They're solid. It's crazy. Think about yeah. 
you put so much force trying to move the baby. It's safe for the baby. They're so cushioned. But yeah, that sack is strong, hey? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was very impressed. Yeah. So we picked his birthday on December 23rd. And that would have been just kind of just shy of 39 weeks. Uh, We went home. I cried a lot more. Uh, My husband just let me grieve. I remember just saying, I want surgery. Like I'm healthy. And I had um, fingerprint bruises on my belly. And the shower hurt. It was so sore. My gosh. Yeah. I was thinking about those families who go home to like other children to care for. I was able to just sit in bed right and rest, but I was definitely thinking about them. But yes, we kept the hid birthday a secret, um, minus my parents, because they were going to watch my dog. (laughs) Yeah, we kept the birthday a secret just to keep that special so we could still have that moment of calling and saying our baby was born. We went on in the morning of our our C-section. I was supposed to be there, I think, basically in the morning, right Right, I thought the day shift nurses were going to show up. And I don't go straight to labor and delivery. I go straight to the OR. But I remember my husband and I, we went super early because I just didn't want to run into anyone I knew. It, yeah, it, it felt like the just foreign, almost like a transaction going to the hospital scheduled. It just, it felt so weird. And we were excited to meet our baby. But the last thing I wanted was to run into someone who, with all good intentions, would oh, I'm so excited for you. Good luck, you guys. See you in a couple hours. I just, I wanted to just to be our experience. And I just wanted to be in a little cave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's one of the only things in this situation you can control, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was definitely grasping for that. Yeah, the, the experience itself was beautiful for what it was. We had this all-female OR team, statistics, the nurses, the pediatrician it was like everyone was a mother themselves which of course you don't have to be a good provider but yeah I just felt a lot of love there was a little bit of fear around the spinal I hated the idea of not having autonomy over my own body yeah Um, but I also have a pretty moderate scoliosis so there was the risk that it wouldn't be adequate the spinal might not take and might not give me the pain relief I needed so there was that chance that maybe I'd have to go under general anesthesia and the idea of me not being present for the birth was, yeah, that was one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Yeah. It did work. Yeah, It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. I hated it, but it did work. Um, yeah. I was happy to be awake. I heard someone say the spinal anesthetic is similar to transition for um, oh, a Oh, interesting. Birth. Oh, interesting. Like the experience, that, like, that physiologic yeah, experience. Yeah. The physiologic and just like that peak of intensity almost when you're feeling that I was like oh that's an interesting way to experience Mm. it but yeah but again some really beautiful things we have some awesome pictures my husband took amazing pictures he was able to announce the gender I did actually I should back up before they started I requested that they do a bedside ultrasound right before they just to make sure yeah do you know what it's so good I have literally been in the OR and we've done it and the baby has turned and we're like oh my yeah. And I remember we and the patient decided to go home and try and get into labor. Right. Oh, my God. Totally. It's I, so had, I told I, I told my doctors that I had this dream that I they did the ultrasound in the OR. Baby was head mm-hmm. down and I just hopped up and I said, peace. I'm out of oh, here. So you guys are going to labor. Yeah. It's OK. I knew it was the way it was supposed to be. And yeah, he came out. He was healthy. My the most important thing to me in the OR was, or one of the most important things was just decreasing that time of baby getting onto my chest to as little yeah. as possible. Yeah. Where I make this facility that I work at is amazing. Sustained skin to skin in the OR, recovery, no separation really. But 
still the idea of him being removed from someone else or someone else removing him from my body and then him traveling across to get dried off. That minute and a half was like the longest minute and a half of my life. And they were amazing. They followed my wishes and kept the cord long and he had no diaper. So they got him to me right away. And yeah, it was pretty, it was, I had, I definitely had that moment where I put my head on his or my hand on the top of his head. And that head had been up in my diaphragm for my yeah. entire pregnancy. And I was like, yeah, okay, it's Sam. Yeah, it was always you. So crazy. Yeah, it was really special. So recovery was harder than I expected, even though I work in the area and postpartum mm-hmm. and stuff. But there is, yeah, it was beautiful. We, we got to go home on Christmas morning. Oh, what a gift. And beyond that, my coworkers, as we were discharged, they lined the hallways and sang us, we wish you a Merry Christmas as we left with our baby. Oh and every- cry. everyone was crying. I was crying. My yeah. husband was crying. We were like, oh, man. So it was really special. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I am crying. I cry a lot these days. So That's how was so postpartum for you? You said recovery um, was challenging. Yeah, no, there was no actual complications. It was just like more painful than I expected. And it's effing hard. So hard. It's so hard. I had a, I had quite a bit of, I've never experienced anxiety really in, before COVID. I think like a lot of people. And um, I had a lot of anxiety around COVID with a newborn. And just some, like my husband and I were really great at communicating, but I just, I had some Looking back, right, it's hindsight, but looking back, I would, for no reason at all, want some people to wear a mask and not others when they met him. And just like a lot of trying to control when we felt a lot of lack of control. Sleep is hard, but breastfeeding, we're really fortunate, went really well. And yeah, he's an awesome, almost three-year-old. He's like the most enthusiastic kid. Oh my God, three is such a fun age. So fun. The stoke. For that kid, is like 10 out of 10. Yeah. doesn't matter what it is. He's up for anything. He's Love so it. fun. Yeah. Love it. And so it sounds like it went smooth enough postpartum that you guys decided to have another one. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'd only pictured them about two years apart. But mm-hmm. honestly, I knew I was going to try to have a vaginal birth with my second pregnancy before I was even on the OR table with my first. Yeah. I knew my information and I was like, okay, I'm going to just do whatever I can to give myself the best opportunity. Space start pregnancies accordingly. I decided to wait about two years birth to birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were, again, so we'll, we were really fortunate that we were actually able to conceive a pregnancy basically right away. When we decided, my son was yeah, about one and a half and that pregnancy actually ended in early miscarriage. They had this that pregnancy and my son had a due date of one day apart so it would have been january 2021 and january of 2023 would have been this basic yeah yeah so sorry that's hard oh thanks yeah you know what i was sadder than i thought i would be which might sound a little odd but because i know so much about how common they are we see them the reason that they happen I figured I would look at it more logically but I'm still just a human being yeah yeah know, right yeah and I think we often brush over early pregnancy loss as like being like oh. some exactly like you said like we know statistically speaking but that doesn't change the experience for you and especially after you have a child and you know that this child started as an early yes pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually on night shift and I, I just knew in my gut, actually, I was, I'd known I was pregnant for about three weeks and I just knew something wasn't quite right. I didn't feel as pregnant as I did mm-hmm. with my son. And 
yeah, our intuition is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So I was on night shift and started spotting and cramping. And my coworkers were, I confided in them and they were amazing. They covered me. I popped down to emerge and got that confirmation. But I already knew. One thing I will say, my husband met me there and stuff. But one thing I will say about that is did get a um, yeah ultrasound to confirm that it was a loss and just like really no ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. The when we went back the next day to get the ultrasound report read to us and emerged the provider down there who was an excellent provider. I just don't know what happened, but the first thing he said was, "Yeah, they didn't see anything in there." Yeah, our word and, I mean, so powerful, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. <clears throat> I said, well, I know I been actively since I've been like I know it's I've passed past the pregnancy now and he said yeah and I think what he was maybe like they did do my levels and see that my HCD trending down but I think there was maybe a question mark of was it like was it in fact a pregnancy or I think that's maybe where he's coming from but I did get that positive but anyways you're right our words matter and, and that's always stuck with me a little bit and yeah not sure yeah. why those words were chosen <laughs> yeah and it could be that they're reflecting on it too um, so yeah. that, I mean, uh, I don't know. It does. I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay, but when you're supporting fellow healthcare providers, you can be anxious or say the wrong. I always just literally say to my physician patients the exact same thing I say to my non-physician patients. Okay. Because yeah. we're just human, right? Like you yeah. said. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, but- you're right though. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, it's worth, it's worth sharing and talking about just, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And then, so I didn't get a period that next cycle. And the following one, again, I just want to be so sensitive, but we were able to get pregnant that that first cycle again. So that's something that came easy for us. And going through that loss too, I just, I just felt so grateful to have a child already. And just my, my heart honestly just hurts so much for my friends and coworkers who, you know, are trying to plan their families and it's not as smooth for them. So yeah, we had a pregnancy. We got another positive test. We were so excited in April 17th is when our next little one was due. Yeah. So like I said, I was, I, I already knew I was going to try everything I could to have a vaginal birth this time. Mm-hmm. I just like, and you're an excellent knew. candidate, right? With, I am. And, and I've heard pelvis. Yeah. Yes, totally. Yeah. And I did hear that. And it's funny. I know the it's TOLAC now, right? We say TOLAC trial. Yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I I understand the language, but I just I in the pregnancy, I felt quite get. It it just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And I would be like, oh, are you going to be a TOLAC? Are you going to have a trial of labor? And I was like, try. I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try as much as my risk of cesarean isn't much higher than anyone else who's trying for a vaginal birth for the first time. And we don't say that they're just going to try and have a vaginal birth. So I don't know. I don't love that language. That's, that's a whole nother part. (laughs) No, it's a very good point. And again, language matters, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Anything I could control, I just tried to control. And then the rest, I just tried to let it go. But, um, I, yeah, basically from the beginning, I just tried to be as healthy as possible. I wanted to ideally go into labor spontaneously. Like lots of the things that we know increase our chance of having that successful vaginal birth after cesarean. And just my goal personally, and again, everyone has their own reasons, but just looking ahead at that birth, I really, I wanted to try um, and not use any like pharmacological pain management whatsoever. I just didn't want to add on any extras. I didn't want any extras. I didn't want any reason for someone to give me a c-section that wasn't completely Mm -hmm. necessary and I was totally open to things like epidurals if it can help me get that vaginal birth 
like use it as a tool, I think they're amazing, including all the other interventions, totally open to it. But if everything is going along, like that was my ultimate goal for me. And I just knew I could do it. And I wanted that full experience, both as a professional, like I, again, you don't have to have a vaginal birth or an unmedicated one to be a, an amazing labor support person. But I just, I wanted that. And I knew, I just knew I could. Yeah. So the pregnancy was um, normal. I did go on diclectin again, but was uh, on it a little bit quicker. So I didn't get quite as sick. And I had way less ultrasounds. So that 20-week ultrasound, we went to that anatomy scan. Everything looked perfect. We did not find out the gender again. And baby was breech at the moment. And that's funny. more common then, but still, you're like, come on. Totally. Yeah. So that definitely put like a little bit of fear in the back of my mind. I was like, okay. And yeah, just, I did a ton of walking. I started swimming. I actually took adult swimming lessons. (laughs) Cool. I know how to swim, but I don't really know how to swim like laps appropriately, right? Like I can go like water skis to boat, but I took adult swimming, just like trying to do anything I can to just prepare my body for this birth. And swimming I'd say I'm so good when you're pregnant, right? So good. So good. Yeah. So weightless. Yeah. 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 And did a ton of mental preparation. I think my mental preparation was probably like 80%, especially knowing that I wanted to try and avoid pain management. Then I downloaded the, the app Expectful and did, yeah, did a lot of the mindfulness tracks. I'd fall asleep to them every night. And I, even though I work in the area, I would still listen to a ton of birth stories. I'd go on huge walks, listen to birth stories and just practice a lot of self-talk, mm-hmm. especially when I was walking, pushing my toddler and walking my dogs. Yeah. And then just tried to gather that team around me that was really supportive. My husband, he's amazing. He was totally supportive. And I would send him all these documents from like the SOCG about vaginal birth and after cesarean. And my mom, my ultimate goal was to have my mom present at my birth. We wanted for them the first one. But yeah. being, yeah, being COVID, it wasn't and in the OR, but this time I wanted her to be my doula. That would have been really special. So my team around me, I just had a bunch of really, yeah, supportive women. My physician was amazing and supportive. I did see the same OB that did my cesarean the first time, just for kind of that mode of delivery consultation around 32 weeks. And she gave us all the information. It was really good for my husband to learn as well. Like I already had it memorized. (laughs) I had the numbers memorized. I knew what I was going to do, but I still was like so happy to get the information and touch base there. And she did, um, she did a Leopold's maneuver, had a feel, and she couldn't really tell if babe was head down or it was 32 weeks. It was like, yeah. So we did touch a little bit on, again, like the idea of vaginal birth with a breech baby. Hmm. And we just like, it, it would have been a whole nother consultation. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have had to been the perfect type of breech, but um, we were like, well, let's cross that bridge. Hopefully you don't come to it. The next day I was actually at work and because she didn't have a bedside ultrasound in that office. And the next day I was at work and she was actually on call. And so this is a little bit of a privilege of a um, healthcare worker, but she was able to quickly give me a little scan. And because I just, it felt the same as Sam. It felt like a head. And I was bummed out and she put the ultrasound on and she was like, have a look. And I remember being like, that's a head. That's a head down there. I was like, the baby's head down. She's like, yeah, baby's head down. And I like screamed. I was so <laughs> happy. I was so happy. I was like, oh, I had happy tears. I called my husband and I was like, I just want the chance to do this. Thank yeah. you. So yeah, babe was head down. We were good to go. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's, yeah, let's go for it. Oh my God, amazing. Yeah, I was happy. I was very happy. And then I just, yeah, the pregnancy carried on again. I would just like, check things off my list. I'd be like, okay, gestational diabetes test. Okay, pass that. <laughs> Like not a need for induction, okay? Like blood pressure is okay. Okay, good. 
GBS was negative. Again, that's not not a huge factor, but I was like, I've got all these like plans and scenarios in my head of, mm-hmm. okay, if my water breaks at home and I'm GBS yeah. positive, that's yeah. my timeline. And so it was like tick and it just like, it felt good going into it. I did opt for membrane sweeps at 38 weeks and 39 weeks for me. I was honestly, I was uncomfortable as anyone is, but I was happy to stay pregnant. I didn't picture myself being induced. I really tried to manifest what mm-hmm. it would look like, but also be like open to changes, but I really didn't picture it. And I wanted to avoid it. So I knew just talking with my providers that sweeps were may decrease the, the risk of me needing post-date induction. So we did go ahead and do that. Again, I really didn't care about the results, you know, what their findings were, but 38 weeks, I was about a centimeter. She was able to do a sweep and then came back about 39 and three, she, I was about two centimeters. She was able to do a good sweep and we, you know, did lots of walking. I did do a little bit of pumping, lots of walking, but tried not to go crazy with the. Yeah, it's hard, right? (laughs) It is hard. It is hard. Yeah. But again, ultimately I was happy to stay pregnant. I just, just wanted to avoid that induction because I knew if I needed to be an induced, obviously being a A colac, my. Yeah. And my options were limited. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. you are a provider, but I do think it's like it's beneficial to do that kind of stuff. If you're wanting to go into labor naturally and avoid induction, like it's not like you're doing a sweep to get into labor that day. Right. It's yeah. more like totally encouraging your body to get into labor on its own. Yeah. Totally. Because we have no idea still. What really? How? No idea. Into labor. And I also didn't know how long I gestate for right because I yeah. had that book scenario yeah. before 39 weeks so I'm like I don't know maybe I'm like a you would have gone to 42 weeks who knows I don't know yeah I always had in the back of my mind my mom having prems thinking like maybe there's a bit of a correlation but uh, turns out there's not <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's so that was a Thursday that I had that sweep at 39 and three the next day Friday uh, my toddler had been pretty sick and was home most of the week. Turns out a little bit of a jump ahead, but turns out it was COVID and we all tested positive oh my God. when we came home from the hospital. Yeah, we were their newborn, but he was pretty sick. We were feeling okay. And I just, I like to highlight this part because I've heard a lot of people talk about that, like fearing before you go into labor, right? And hopefully it's not TMI, but my body cleared itself out that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mentioned it to my husband and he was like, okay, cool. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it might mean something, might mean not. And He's a pretty cool, calm, collected kind of guy anyway. And uh, yeah, and I did some yoga and I put on this music and I just had this big emotional release and I just started crying listening to this song. And it was just like a a couple of things like that were just different that day. I also was really uncomfortable. So my husband had put my toddler to bed at night, just like the lifting him over the crib was a lot. And that night I just felt like I wanted to put him to bed myself. So I put him to bed. I showered and and again, like no real contractions. I really, I wasn't contracting. I had breast and hips since 18 weeks, but nothing there, no show or anything really. And I put him to bed. I showered and like blow dried my hair, which I haven't done in two years. <laughs> and all those things looking back, I'm like, okay. I so you, you were nesting, right? I was. Yeah. yeah. Getting ready. Yeah. We watched a bit of a movie and had some snacks and my, I, my husband went to bed because he was actually starting to get sick too. <laughs> Stronger. Mm-hmm. And I, for the first time ever, decided to sleep in the spare room because I just felt like I needed some space and I was just feeling generally uncomfortable. But again, no contractions. And about 11 p.m., I hadn't fallen asleep. I tried to put on one of my expectable tracks. I hadn't fallen asleep and I woke up around like 11, 11.30 p.m. or opened my eyes to a contraction and I immediately had to roll over. Like I couldn't lay down. I went on my hands and knees and I was like, whoa. And then two minutes later, I had another one. And then I had another one like two and a half minutes later and it was like 
I was like, okay, this is more painful than I thought like early labor would be. So I went into the bathroom and I had quite a bit of bloody show. Hmm. And then I had another contraction like two and a half minutes later. And I really had to focus. And there was like just a couple seconds there. I was like, am I going to have a toilet baby? Like, yeah, right. You never am I like that. Yeah. I'm like, am I one of those people? But then I thought, I'm like, you know, if I'm thinking that, I'm like still in my body. Yes, totally. So I don't think I'm going to have a spoon. So I went back to bed and I called my mom and I was like, mom, I think this is labor. And she like listened to me in a few. She's like, yeah, you're working. I'll come over. Yeah. Yeah. So she got in the car and came over. She's there 20 minutes later. And I didn't want to wake up my husband. He was sick and I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed him. And I just wanted to do my thing and have my mom there in the background. Basically from 1230 until 230, we just lay, I labored at home. Contractions were every two to three minutes. They stayed like that until the baby Mm -hmm. was born. They just got more intense. I hopped in the shower around two and I started to vocalize. And my mom was like, maybe we'll wake up. Garrett and I was like, yeah, because I and like he needs to pack a bag still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she woke him up and he checked on me. And yeah, I just felt the shower felt great. It was all in my back. Yeah. Oh, I was leaned wow. over. Yeah. And of I course, know. my nurse brain. <laughs> my yeah, nurse brain I know like what spinning. you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shower felt good. And I stayed there for a while. And then basically the plan with my dad was going to come in, uh, hang out at our house that uh, when my toddler woke up in the morning, he was there. And it's interesting. I had really pictured my labor and I had pictured laboring while my toddler was in bed and then us just being gone. And that's honestly what happened. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So it was, they did ask me, they were like, you're vocalizing there every two minutes. And my, my plan, I, my plan was to go in established active labor to the hospital, have continuous monitoring, things like that. But I did want to stay at home until I was really sure I was in active labor because I knew that the bright lights of the hospital and everything would probably slow things down when I got there. And I just wanted to stay in my cave and I felt baby moving and I just, I felt good. I felt calm. I stuck it at home a little bit longer. And then I was the one that said, okay, it's time to go. I was starting to feel like I, I just needed to switch it up. We left for the hospital. I can almost see it. It's two minutes away, but I still had to ride I was like in the front seat and couldn't sit. I was like backward going to the highway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept telling my husband to drive slower and slower because I just didn't want to get there. I didn't want to get there. And I got him to park like way far away from the hospital doors. I like had a couple more contractions in the parking lot. And I remember looking at the elevator being like, okay, if I have a contraction now, I can get in the elevator and I won't see anyone in emerge before I can get up the elevator. <laughs> and you like time it out, right? But yeah, I just, I was definitely stalling getting in there. Um, but uh, we got there. My physician um, happened to be on call. Amazing. It was just, yeah, amazing. She met me there. So this was, so labor started about 1230. This was 345 in the morning, a couple hours later. And I was seven to eight. Wow. You go, girl. That was my goal. Thank you. Yeah. That was my goal. And you That's know what? That's amazing. I, I, thank you. I knew I had figured I was. I could feel yeah. I was. And yeah. I was like, okay, and baby looked great. And they were like, let's move you down to your room. And I remember thinking seven to eight. I'm like, okay, I just, I'll just transition and have a baby, right? That's great. And I remember walking down the hallway and I, my friend who was our nurse behind me, I was like, she's like, okay, we'll go down to the room and we'll get the continuous monitoring back on you. And I remember saying to her, I was like waddling down the hall saying, well, you can't monitor me if you can't catch me. And I like made a joke. And then I stopped though. And I was like, Oh, I'm making jokes. I'm not about to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I love you're so self-aware, but it's so true, right? 
Yeah. It's interesting. Like I had my headphones in the whole time. I had my playlist that I had set like before my, even my son was born and I was very in the zone, but still in my conscious mind. It was interesting. Yeah. So we got to the room and got all settled, got like an IV. I labored on the bed for about another hour and a half. And then I felt like I needed to switch it up. Every It was all in my back muscles. Counter pressure didn't help. It just felt like it was my low back muscles, I'd say, that were intense. So I went in the shower and my husband went in there with me and rolled up his pant legs and held the shower head on my back for another hour. And I was like, I was so loud. I was mooing like a cow through every contraption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm echoing through the halls and yeah I didn't care it's just what worked and I stayed in the shower for about an hour and I remember having the worst contraction I've ever felt and I would have it was almost to the point where I felt like I was going to lose it and I was like okay I was like that was transition then right like my water's going to break I'll feel pushy and then it just like nothing would happen and I would just continue on contracting and I got to the point in the shower where I started bearing down at the peak of the contractions and I remember my nurse came in and she's like, Jen, are you feeling pushing? And I was like, no, I'm not fully dilated. I just want my water to break because I just want this to end. Mm -hmm. It's so painful. I know. It's so painful. And I was like, maybe if I just push a little bit, it'll just break and I can just get this over with. (laughs) But no, it didn't happen. So I did come out. They did an exam. I was like nine centimeters and they did offer their like, everything is good. We could break your water if you wanted. And I just knew in my gut, I was like, something's not right with this kid's yeah. position. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't want to intervene. And I was like, no, I think if you break my water, she's going to come down. We didn't know it was she, but tilted yeah. or yeah. something yeah. like that. And I just, I was like, let's give it more time. Let's see what happens. And they were like, totally. So actually my mom, again, like another benefit of having someone who knows birth in the room with you, she suggested I sit, straddle the toilet. Yeah in the bathroom and I had it was I stayed there for an hour another hour but it was so intense and I would have to hover my body for every contraction and and then sit back down and lean over the back of the toilet or lean back on her and but she just knew I needed something different but everything was pretty instinctual and she told me talking about it after she said you could tell baby was a bit asynclitic or something because she said you always had one leg off to the side you do a side yeah. lunge when you're moving yeah. or and ahead of time I told my husband and my mom don't let me stay in one position for more than like 20 minutes if I'm not moving tell me to move (laughs) but I did it on my own pretty much anyways but yeah so I was nine centimeters for about two hours gosh and I remember we went back to the bed and I said okay I was starting I was starting to say like my back at the top of the contractions and then I would actually say out loud like I would pull myself back in and the self-talk it was all in my head but then it got to a point where I had to say it out loud it like in my head wasn't enough anymore so I out loud I'd be like no okay all right no you can do this it's okay this is good like it's productive and then I'd relax and another one come up and I'd start to lose it and I said I'm like okay guys I'm like I am barely coping we need to recheck I was still nine and my provider said I'm like I think if we break your water I think she's gonna come down in the appropriate position I have a really good feeling about this and I remember thinking to myself okay I'm gonna do this if I'm not immediately fully dilated, I'll get something for the pain because I won't be able to. I don't think if she comes down and she's not in the perfect position and ready yeah. to go, you're going to. I worry that my. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I was like, I think I was like, if my cervix starts to swell, you guys, we're going to get an epidural. This is the plan. Yeah. But you, I did. You I have felt- all these mapped out, right? Right. Your totally. algorithm, your birth algorithm. 
Yes, my birth algorithm had that for every stage of, yeah, totally. That's the perfect word for it. Yeah. So she broke my water and baby did great and it was clear. And immediately the next contraction, I was like, I said aloud, I bear. I was like, yeah, it's, she's coming. It's done. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I knew. The next contraction, I pushed and I had one of those moments where I was like, why get your gloves on? She is coming out like right now. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen first time moms push. I know it usually takes a while. But But I was like, dozens. Sometimes it doesn't, but that person, I was like, you guys, she's coming. And I yelled at my friend and my doctor. I was like, Lindsay, get, she's, get your gloves on. The next one, I swear she's coming because it just felt like she moved so far. And I really think yeah. she did. Like she was like minus three station. And I think she came down. So on the second push, she started like second or third push. She's actually, we saw her head. Amazing. So she did go yeah. fast, but then she crowned. So we got to a point I pushed for about 40 minutes altogether and she crowned. I one spot for 20 minutes. And would can we, not move. Can we be clear that you have no analgesia on board? That is, yes, that is correct. That is yeah. correct. Oh my goodness. I was so loud. Well, thank you. But honestly, I, mean, I, I have so- epi- I had epidurals for all my births and I also think I'm amazing. So no judgment. I'm just, yes, you I'm are just amazing wanting to too. acknowledge that you are thank amazing. You. Yeah. And so are you. So are thank you. you. Thank you. Um, right. <laughs> It, I was one of those people that were like sideways in the bed, like completely yeah. sideways and pushing, but also screaming so loud. Yeah. And I remember looking and I was like, is it working? I said, do I need to go to hands and knees? And they're like, you're going to have a sore throat, but you're moving her. It's working. Yeah. So yeah. keep going. And I really didn't want a lot of coach pushing I unless it wasn't working. Right. Yeah. Um, totally. And my team, my nurses and everything, like everyone was so amazing. Yeah. So she got to a point where she was crowned for 20 minutes and I was was like what was she doing I don't know and we didn't know if she was maybe direct OP but I remember going into my head and saying okay I remember those patients that I have that get to the point where it's hurt so bad that they hold back right yeah. they push, 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 yep. and then they like back off and we say you yep. know what you got to go through that if you want to have your baby mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing that I was like I remember telling myself I'm like I'm not doing that I am pushing as hard as I want this to be over I don't care if she like blows out of me I want it over and she just wasn't moving and then we got to a point where there was a bit of a question mark with her heart rate versus mine she was sitting there for a long time my physician was like I'm starting to get a bit concerned about tears so she did ask me run through her thought process of doing a small episiotomy and I did consent to that I was, yeah let's go yeah and she did that and the next contraction I don't even think she really restituted basically her head came out and her body just followed yeah. Yeah. So it needed to happen. Yeah. And I couldn't really, she did use freezing, but I couldn't feel anything really anyways. It's just like all numb, but. And it's all painful, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Although I do have some pretty amazing photos. I asked my mom to do some photos of me touching my baby's head while she was oh, crowning. That's so cool. I always that was people. I think it's just so cool. It's like so cool. They're like between two worlds or something. Right? It's crazy. I've delivered yeah. probably thousands of babies by now, as have you probably in your career. And every birth, I'm like, what is happening? This is the main Yes. Yeah. The mirror for me was great. Touching her head Same. like that feedback was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so she came up by my physician, brought her up, and then I grabbed her onto my belly. Yeah. And she did get that good first cry. And I was like there, but not there. So yeah. shocked. You did so it. I, I did it. I did. I pushed her out. And I didn't really have that moment of... I did it. It was more just, is she okay? Yeah. And 
what just happened. <laughs> yeah. So I held rubber down and I, we didn't really have a plan of who was going to say the gender. I knew I might want to. That's almost just a, an extra like reward at the end of doing it. And I did. I looked and I was like, it's a girl. And yeah, continued to, I, I look back at the photos and I'm like, eyes are so wide. I'm like, not really there. And I'm just like trying to initiate the initial steps of NRP in my nurse brain, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Moving her over and cleaning her secretions. But yeah, just, yeah, giant her off. And she was great. She gave a beautiful cry. My husband and I just had some awesome moments in those first moments. And there were a lot of tears and yeah, and numbness. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, wow. Oh my gosh, what an amazing story. Thank you. It was awesome. Yeah. The, I will say the third stage goes a little bit sideways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What happened? Uh, yeah. She, starting with her. So it was really interesting. She, she was totally fine. Her Afghars were great. But around eight or nine minutes old, she had a couple, she was still on me. We had, my husband had, had cut the cord, but she had these, a couple almost like apneic spells. And it almost looked like she, like she would lose her tone and, then she'd do posturing almost like she'd her fists would go tight and it just was abnormal. And I knew right away. I was like, you guys want to have a look at her? And my, the baby nurse is actually one of them, uh, one of our charge nurses. And she teaches NRP. Like she's, a, I couldn't have picked a better team. And she was like, yeah, we'll have a look at her. And they brought her over in. Um, long story short, she, they were wondering if she was having seizures. Um mm -hmm. But there was no reason for it. So she would be okay. And then she just had this little tight tightness to her body and she would desat and then uh, come back. They ultimately called the pediatrician. She had no reason to have seizures though. Her heart rate was great. Her cord gases were perfect, but they did. They admitted her. We have a like a, a little bit of a nursery, a special care nursery. We keep 34 weeks it up. And so they did. They admitted her across the hall. They did put in an IV just in case. Mm -hmm. She did it like two more times and then she was totally fine. But they did decide the pediatrician was amazing and chatted with us and decided to keep her admitted on monitors just in case we did some, some electrolytes checks. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, she never did it again. We wonder if it was maybe like a mucus plug, like a really atypical reaction. She mm -hmm. Yeah. Get yeah. some mucus in there. And but all, like we were so happy with the care. But yeah, she did stay in there for overnight, which... That, that was probably the hardest part of it all, the separation. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I I was fortunate to always have my babies with me, and I can't mm. imagine what that would yeah. be. Yeah, so in the moment, my mom, so she was like a NICU nurse as well, and she's amazing and knew all these coworkers as well. And so she was with Phoebe and decided to go to the nursery with her, and I appreciated that. And I just, I knew she was okay. I just like in my gut, I knew she was okay, yep. and I knew she was okay with my mom yep. and my coworkers and I just felt a real calmness about it. And I was also very in shock still of like what just happened. So it wasn't initially, I wasn't upset that she was um, taken to the NICU. The kind of feeling upset came when postpartum, I tried to get up a few times and kept fainting and couldn't go see her because I couldn't mm -hmm. stay upright. So they got creative and ultimately got me in there on a bed. But that was when the sadness came. But yes. And then on my end, I unfortunately... My placenta came out and started bleeding pretty heavily. So I had a two and a half liter postpartum hemorrhage. That's yeah. very big. That's a lot of blood it loss. Was big. For those yeah, listening, it was that's bad. not normal. Yeah. No, it wasn't normal. normal. Yeah. It was yeah. like some of it was from the tearing. A lot of it was from the uterus. But basically, 
the care was phenomenal. And again, I never felt scared. And I think that like just trusting the people that you're with, I obviously have a, mm-hmm. a special relationship mm-hmm. with them, but yeah, I just, my uterus just would not contract. So I had one nurse doing bundle massage the whole time, which was, I was like breathing and moaning through it, but that was hard. Mm-hmm. And I had pretty much every postpartum hemorrhage medication mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we have available to us was given to me. They called the obstetrician in. Yeah. They started a, another IV and gave me all the meds. And yeah, eventually the bleeding did settle, but I felt pretty awful. I was always conscious, but yeah, felt very awful. And then the long repair started. So that was the other thing. I I ultimately ended up with a third degree tear. And And it was, there was some, what she called like starburst tearing, like inside as well. So it was about a two hour long repair. And it was, it was almost worse. It was almost more painful than the labor, to be honest. Like she was amazing. They yep. gave me all the good drugs and she offered to take me um, to the OR, yeah. put me under drug. Yeah. And yeah. I just like, my husband was holding my hand and helping me breathe through it. And I was like, you know what? I've avoided the OR this long. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So some pretty significant tearing, significant blood loss. I did end up getting um, a unit of blood more conservatively, but... Yeah. And then just took me a couple hours before I could really get up. Right. There was one week to one time where my husband helped me get up to the bathroom. I was like maybe three hours postpartum and I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, Garrett, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pass out. And I'm like that red cable on the side. I'm like, go ahead and pull that. And he pulls it, the emergency bell to get some help. And I remember saying, did you pull it? I don't hear anything. And it's like the loudest alarm when you're hearing goes yeah. before you're about yeah. to yeah. yeah. And it was like, bing, bing, bing. And I'm like, did you pull it? He's yes, Jen, I pulled it. <laughs> but I just have this sweet memory of like my just beautiful nurse coworkers coming in and helping me back to the bed and my like half consciousness and them just talking me through it and being like, yeah, you're okay, Jen. We know this happens sometimes. We're just going to put your foot here, get you here. Like you're safe. And yeah, that was pretty, pretty special. They're amazing. So yeah, it's so important yeah. to have that like wraparound care and that trust. And I feel like so many people who work in the birth, like at our hospital is the same, is that you feel, you'd feel safe even if you didn't know totally your colleagues, right? Like the people who do this work are special people. You're special. They really are. Yeah, they really are. And one of those special, thank you, sorry. (laughs) One of those special people, I have to say, she actually, one of my colleagues, she told me her birth story of her second and she is just the strongest woman ever. And it really helped me process this birth. She had this beautiful birth and then some complications after. And she said, I really look at it as two different experiences, the labor and birth, and then this other stuff. And I, to the entire time I was in a hospital and afterwards, and now I never look back on my experience as traumatic. I look back and I'm like, that was so awesome. Like I was super supported. I was informed. I I met my goals. I ended up, you don't always end up with exactly what you would hope or picture, but like I was in the driver's seat and I Mm. felt so good about it. And she really, yeah, she really helped me see it as third stage and BB's like mission to the NICU is just its own event. So, yeah. Yeah, And I think we have talked in our community and on our podcast a lot about birth trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think like you, you just named it there in that it's like when you feel like you're when you feel safe and in control, like that's what matters, not the experience itself. Like I had like a traumatic birth with my second, like I had forceps and terrible heart rate, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. 
And everyone was like, oh, is that traumatic? And I was like, oh, no, not at all. Because I felt really safe and I felt informed in every decision I made along the way. Right. And so mm-hmm. you don't have to be, you know, someone who works in birth to, you yeah. just have to be empowered with information. Right. And how totally. have that ability to make the decisions that are right for you. So I'm really glad that you had that same experience. Thank you. Yeah, there was one moment I was about a week or two postpartum and we were out for our first little walk with the family in the neighborhood and we ran into one of my husband's coworkers and she's not a medical professional or she not a nurse, but he had obviously shared some of the birth, which of course he's, it's his experience too. And he's totally mm-hmm. um, allowed to do that. And she was chatting to me and she was just like, wow. So it sounded like pretty intense. Hey. And I was like, it was honestly awesome. It was really great. And she touched my arm and she was like, honey, you hemorrhaged. And I was like, I know. And I just, I, that's how we left it. We said our goodbyes. And in my head, I wanted to, I was saying, who are you to tell me that my birth was traumatic? And I know thinking totally. back, okay, maybe she was seeing it through the lens of like her own experiences, right? Maybe she had something similar. So I have some empathy, of course, there. But it's just a good reminder of it might sound traumatic to one, like when you're hearing it, but to that person, it might not be at all and vice versa, right? Like the most picture yeah. perfect and air quotes birth. Yeah. Like my booked cesarean might be ideal for some people, but for me, I never wanted it. I didn't yeah. want it at all. It was good for what it was, but I didn't want it to happen to me. And it was just a really good reminder of me not putting any sort of like my own feelings when I'm, you know, listening to someone's experience, whether it's in birth or life. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. Yeah. Like your controlled cesarean was more traumatizing for you than your medically complicated vaginal birth. Yes. With yeah. like multiple. Yes, totally. Yeah. Multiple. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I should say too, I actually had some healing issues after. So I, I ended up having to go on antibiotics for infection to my mm-hmm. perineum after. And my only uh, symptom was pain, more pain. And so I just told myself I was overdoing it and stuff like that. So it was, yeah, it was in some ways more complicated than my first, but I'm yeah. really happy with the experience. Yeah. And so that was in just in the spring, right? Yeah, she's six months. Amazing. And how, after you got through the acute postpartum chaos, how have things been going yeah. with you? Oh, great. Yeah. The transition to two is no joke. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Sure. The baby is great. She's a joy. The toddler, I was like, we expected him to feel all the feelings and he did. He's amazing with her now. But the first three, I was just like blocking hits. <laughs> yeah. He took all of his emotions physically out on her. Yeah. So that was that was the hard part. But we are really fortunate. We like have a ton of family support, um, which I know not everyone does. Breastfeeding was a joy and easy for us. Again, so fortunate. And she's just like your classic second baby who's just happy to be a part of it. She was happy to be here. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story today. I have no doubt it's going to help so many people just hearing it, right? And normalizing their experience, both of maybe an unwanted cesarean birth or maybe a complicated vaginal birth and just the complex emotions that come along with birth, no matter how it happens. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so. That's the goal. Oh, I know so for sure. Thanks, Jen, so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy for Professionals. Make sure to share this podcast with your colleagues and head on over to wherever you listen to podcasts to give us a five-star review if you think we're worth it. And also, please make sure to fill out the quick survey below to let us know what topics you want to hear more about. Have a great day.